Have you ever wondered what the heck is next for me? I hear a lot of women say they don't have what it takes to start something new or they are too old. But many women overcome all kinds of obstacles and then go on to something even better. Over the years, I've worked a lot of traditional jobs as well as direct sales businesses, but never realized the success I was hoping for until I released my emotional baggage. Once I had cracked the code of my emotions, I knew I could help other women do the same. Join us here as we chat with female experts as they share their inspirational stories and challenges in business and life, because it is never too late. I'm your host, Cora Naylor, and this is the Crack the Code podcast. Are you one of those people that has that glass or two of wine every night? And do you ever kind of wonder if you have a problem or not? Well, today I've got with me Mallory Simmons, and Mallory is a mastery-trained health coach that specializes in helping women get off the hamster wheel of gray area drinking. Mallory started her career as a substance abuse counselor working with parolees and probationers in California. Mallory's worked in social services for years and opened her health coaching business in 2019. She has experience working with women who struggle with anxiety and overwhelm by using her bachelor's degree in psychology and the transformational coaching method. She's able to help people recognize their limiting beliefs and rewrite the stories they tell themselves so they can achieve their goals and wake up every day with the tools to create joy and high vibrations regardless of external circumstances. She's currently residing in Alaska with her five-year-old daughter and husband who's in the Coast Guard. Welcome, Mallory. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah, I'm excited because I know this is a really interesting topic. You know, here are so many women talk about that have to have that glass of wine every day at the end of the day. So we'll kind of get into that. But I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey with the whole drinking thing, because it is it is a total gray area. Um, I know personally for myself, I started drinking less, not that I was ever a huge drinker, but when I turned 40, I noticed that just my body wasn't liking the sugar in alcohol. So I just noticed a huge shift in myself from there. And that's just one thing because I was the whole pre-menopause stuff that was going on. So yeah, it'll be interesting to hear your background, how you got there and how that story worked out. Yeah. Uh, thank you for asking. So, uh, as you mentioned, I started my career as a substance abuse counselor. So I've definitely seen like the very dark side of when it goes too far. Right. And it's not just alcohol, but you know, we had, uh, I worked with a lot of people on meth and hard drugs too. Uh, but then for me personally, I've never seen myself as having a drinking problem, right? Like I never fit the diagnostic criteria for addiction, but, um, I did need it to socialize. I am extremely socially awkward and anxious. And so having alcohol helped me not, not be awkward. I'm always Mm -hmm. awkward, but it helped me be okay with being awkward and being myself. And I thought I needed that, but, uh, really I, I didn't, um, anyways, So for me personally, uh, I always needed it to socialize if I was really stressed out at the end of the day, definitely on weekends. And so it was just every couple of days I was having two to three glasses. And so, you know, I was, it made me more anxious. So I was always feeling anxious, even though, uh, I tried to be a really healthy person. Uh, it was just always there for me. 
Uh, and then anyways, in 2021, it all kind of came to a head for me. Um, my husband had a tumor removed from his head. I had two miscarriages back to back. Our dog died. And most of that happened in a 30 day time span. I had a miscarriage. The dog died. My husband had a tumor removed. And then I had another miscarriage a couple months later. So having all of that happen back to back to back and having drinking be like my main go-to coping skill, uh, I could feel the pull of it so much more intensely. And it scared me because I do have the background that I have of being a substance abuse counselor. So I knew what my brain was doing and I knew the potentiality of it. And I was not interested in going that route. So being a coach, I leaned heavier on my nutrition, on my exercise, on, you know, learning how to feel feelings and not buffer them with alcohol. And that's essentially what gray area drinking is. Like you feel this intensity that you don't want to deal with. So you buffer with alcohol. And I just had to learn how to sit in grief and sadness and all the things that come with everything bad that was happening around me. Um, and then I was still drinking. Uh, I, I just wasn't drinking as often as I wanted to be. And then, uh, last year when we moved, uh, to mainland Alaska from Southeast, I challenged myself to go 90 days without it. And I felt freaking incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, my anxiety was pretty much non-existent. I realized I am ex still extremely fun to socialize with mm -hmm. and people can, uh, what's the word? A lot of people are socially awkward. It's okay. to. Yeah, be I know. I it's think okay that, yeah. Yeah. It's okay to be quirky. Yeah. Um, and I, I was sleeping better. I love the mornings and my morning coffee and I didn't have that like nausea from wine anymore. So I was really enjoying my mornings and I felt amazing. And I, uh, went, I had a couple of glasses of wine on labor day. So almost at the 90 day mark and I felt terrible. And I just decided, I just had this moment of like, um, I don't need this. I, this has done not, it added zero value to my Labor Day party. I had way more fun all summer without it and I'm done. I'm just done. There was no rock bottom for me, no real drama. Just, I recognized that it hurt me physically, even if I didn't have an addiction and I wanted a life that was better than that. I wanted to be able to elevate myself and my family and, and my health and alcohol was never going to help me do that. Yeah. And I know, I know Very a lot of us. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's okay. That's what we're talking about. We, and, and I know a lot of people, I mean, myself included, I'm an introvert, you know, and definitely, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're a little bit more fun when you take the edge off with the alcohol for sure. But it's that fine line too, between, you know, having a good time and not feeling good too. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what are, what are some concerns if people or things people could look at if they're concerned they might have a problem? Like, how do you know the difference between when, you know, you're just having a few drinks now and then or every day you're having that glass of wine? You know, I think sometimes people think of it as a reward. They can't wait to, you know, reward themselves at the end of the day, even though it may not be the best thing for them. But how do you know the difference between more of a casual gray area drinker than an addiction? Like, what's the difference? Um, the difference would be, uh, when I was a substance abuse counselor, we broke it down to like, uh, biopsychosocial. So are you having physical problems? 
Are you having social problems? Like, do you constantly have to send that? Sorry, I was drunk last night text. Um, and then like, are you having like a lot of anxiety because of it? Mm. And I think that one problem we're having in our culture is this stigma around a drinking problem. Um, and you don't even necessarily have to say, yes, I have a drinking problem. It doesn't need to be dramatic. It could just be, uh, you know what, this is hurting me. Like I didn't have, I don't have a drinking problem. I know I don't, mm -hmm. but it was hurting me because it is a poison and new studies are coming out showing that any amount of alcohol intake any amount. So anywhere you are on this gray area spectrum, you are increasing your risk of seven types of cancer and dementia. Mm -hmm. And no, we cannot control a hundred percent if we get those things right. Like mm -hmm. very healthy people get cancer every day. It's a tragedy, but I know for me, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that my brain stays sharp so I can take care of my child and hang out with her and play with her my whole life. Like I want to be sharp in my eighties. And if alcohol is going to cost me that, I don't need it. So it doesn't need to be, do I have a drinking problem? It could just be, is this hurting me physically? Am I tired of the headaches? Am I tired of the nausea? Am I tired of the fatigue? Uh, what do I want for my life? I want to feel joy. I want to feel happiness. I want to feel connection, real connection, not an intoxicated conversation <laughs> with someone that I'm not really going to remember the next day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's what it's about. What do you really want for your life and what's going to help you get there? Is this elevating you? Is it elevating your health or is it making you fat, lazy, tired, broke, all those things? <laughs> like yeah. it's just really real conversations to have with yourself and you don't need to judge yourself for it. Mm -hmm. It's just a fact of life. Alcohol is a poison. It's a socially acceptable poison that is hurting all of us. Yeah. And I think that's a part of the problem that people have with giving it up is it is so socially acceptable. And I mean, a lot of people, I live in an RV community and a lot of my friends actually right now are on the non-drinking because they're in that age, they've got health issues, things are going on. So it's really interesting. My husband and I were away for the winter and we came back and almost everyone's not drinking right now or drinking much less than they used to. So it's really interesting times. Yeah. But but it is so socially acceptable. You're going to someone's invited to someone's house and you feel like you can't go because you're not bringing a bottle of wine with you. And I said to my husband one time, it's like, well, that doesn't mean you can't be social if you're not having a drink. Like, you're just going to stay home because, you know, you're not having a drink. What's up with that? But it's so socially acceptable that that's what people's minds think that they're, you know, that they can't go because they're not drinking. Oh, no, I can't go and have fun because I'm not drinking tonight. Absolutely. And that was, that was a challenge for me at first. I, uh, you know, my husband's in the military, so everywhere we go, people are drinking. That is the fabric of the military is yeah. alcohol and, uh, no one cares what's in your cup. Yeah. Nobody cares. There is that initial, uh, strange reaction when you say, no, thank you. I'm not drinking right now. Mm. Uh, but in, like I'm in, I'm in my thirties. No one's going to peer pressure me into that. And when I'm just very lovingly like, Oh no, thank you. Like you enjoy, I'm, I'm going to stick to my club soda and lime. Uh, no one pushes me and no one cares. Like they really don't. So my husband, uh, sometimes will be like, Oh, I really, I really don't want to drink tonight. So we shouldn't go. And I'm like, no, let's go and have fun. And just don't put booze in your drink. Mm -hmm. No one cares. 
Yeah. But it is, it does feel initially like they're going to, and I do remember that tension quite well, but I'm here to say no one gives crap. Yeah. And I know. And in fact, what we usually do, what has been live, what we've been doing lately is we take our, you know, silver insulated cups. So no one can tell what's in there. And we'll even, if we're going to have a drink, we'll cut it with soda, first of all, just to make it last, but we'll only have one and then switch to soda and, and no one ever knows oh. you know, what you're like, doing. My, uh, I have neighbors, the uh, snowbirds that come up here and they drink wine or beer every night. And I have, um, I usually have some sort of nourishing powder in my drink and I drink out of a, a mason jar. Yeah. And my neighbor, like, they don't know I don't drink. I, I've never really drank with them. And they, uh, they'll they be like, oh, there's Mallory in her moonshine. Yeah. And uh, whenever they have friends <laughs> over, they're like, do you want some of Mallory's moonshine? And I'm like, you're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But, and like I said, for me personally, it's the health part, like you were saying too, like just not feeling good. Even literally sometimes after one drink, I can feel that my guts just don't really like it. Yeah, especially I think when you're as as healthy, right, as we are, uh, you feel it so much more intensely because you're, I I think one of the problems is uh, most people that live like a standard American diet life Mm -hmm. are used to feeling terrible and they don't notice it. But when you kind of break away from the processed foods and all of that, all of those toxins and you actually feel healthy, when you put poison in your body, you're like, oh, this isn't right this doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah, I know. I personally have been doing more, more and more plant-based eating. So I still, still do eat meat and stuff. I, I never say a hundred percent because I know that that's not realistic for me, but the more often, like now that I eat like less and less processed food, everything you can taste the difference in food and drink or whatever you're putting into your body makes such a huge difference. Isn't it fascinating? Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it is. It's crazy. But I also love the idea of the brain health, like talking about that report, you were saying something around the Alzheimer's and actually um, a podcast that just came out was with brain health and how to um, look after your brain so that you are less likely to get Alzheimer's. The lady I was talking to is a brain health specialist and her dad actually just passed away from Alzheimer's. So anything we can do to help keep our brains healthy, because we want to live a long, good life. Like there's no point living longer if we're not in a good body and having that, you know, good life with us. Um, so do you have some maybe pointers or things that maybe people might want to think about or if they want to try, you know, doing something like you did 30, 60, 90 days with no alcohol, any kind of tips or anything they might want to be looking at in their brain or talking to themselves about? I, I have a million, uh, but I'll try and simmer yeah. down. <laughs> All right. Give us three or something, two or three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, first I actually just did a, a TikTok on it is, uh, in substance abuse counseling, but I want to, I want to bring this to the masses, uh, is halt. It's, uh, we, whenever, uh, I was working with someone as a substance abuse counselor, we always talked about Never let yourself get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And I think all of the people should live like this because if we all live like this, our brains would turn to addiction must much less often. And so what that means is uh, if you're feeling, so make sure you uh, are always eating nourishing foods. So don't starve yourself because when you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, 
your uh, logical reasoning part of your brain, like in the, you know, your prefrontal cortex um, doesn't have the fuel it needs to function properly. And you're more likely to make decisions from the amygdala or like the emotion center of your brain, like deep in your brain. Um, and those decisions aren't always good for you, right? Like you're much more likely to, uh, eat the cookies and the wine and binge on social media and not exercise or nourish your body or anything like that. So always make sure you have healthy food on hand, prioritize your nutrition. Uh, when you feel negative emotions, the biggest thing for me when I was, um, getting, getting sober is, uh, learning to sit with negative feelings because it sucks and we're not used to it and we're not taught how to do that. And it's, so it doesn't last like a negative feelings last unless you perseverate on it or like let it spiral. They last 90 seconds. Like we've all been through some crap, man. We can handle 90 seconds of feeling frustrated or whatever. Uh, so let yourself learn how to feel those things. And then, uh, nap, like nap, sleep, let your body restore and rest. Because if you push yourself and you try to shove these things down, that's when you're more likely to reach for the five glasses of wine. When you said you were only going to have one. Um, so help first, that's actually kind of probably all three in one. Um, yeah, nourish your body, move your body. And then another one, sorry, I rant a lot. Good. Good. Uh, Grounding is so important. And we don't, we're another thing we're not, we don't really talk about in school or anywhere. Um, our bodies are meant to be a part of the earth is negatively charged ions and our bodies from our modern day, um, lifestyles are too positively charged. And that's where a lot of like illness and anxiety and everything comes from. So let your feet touch the earth, like spend 10 minutes a day in the grass outside or dirt or like garden, do something where your body is touching physically the earth. Cause it's kind of like docking your phone to the charger. It's restoring your body. Um, I actually <laughs> told my husband's grandma to do this cause she has high blood pressure yeah. and she checked her. All she did was an hour of grounding outside and she checked her blood pressure the next morning and it had gone down. Yeah. She was like, I don't understand. Yeah. I was like, yes. um, cool. yeah. That's another one I would recommend. I know. I'm trying to figure out how to do that because my whole yard is concrete. So, (laughs) but I know the importance of it for sure. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. I love it. Yeah, I know. And yeah, so that's some good tips because I think, you know, maybe just as a challenge for people out there, try and try and, uh, you know, give yourself, if you're not sure if you got an issue. Um, and just, oh, before we get into that, um, if people want to get in touch with you, because maybe, you know, they're liking what you're saying and they'd like to learn more, um, what's the best way that we they can get in touch with you? And of course, of course, it's all going to be in the show notes. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, I'm on Instagram. My handle is, uh, is it called handle? I'm not very good mm-hmm. with this. Stuff. Yep. Uh, Coach Mal underscore or uh, find me on Facebook. Uh, my name is Mallory Simmons. It's a picture of me and a five-year-old. And then, uh, my website is coachmal.life. If you click on the work with me tab, you can schedule a free 30 minute connect call. Okay. Oh, that would be awesome. So thank you so much for being with us today, Mallory. It's, it's a, it's an interesting topic. I know my friends and I've talked about this numerous times, you know, 
what's the deal with the whole thing? So I do challenge people if you're listening to this and maybe you're not sure, you know, which way you should go, reach out to Mallory or just do a challenge on your own, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, go without, see what happens, monitor it because it is never too late. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. Visit my website, coranaylor.com to learn more about the Emotion Code or sign up for my free virtual co-working sessions.